Hi, I'm Amira Khalid, and I'm the creator and host of Inspiring UAE Women, the one and only podcast focused on female leaders in the United Arab Emirates. I enjoy meeting and talking to female leaders and finding out how they charted their path to professional success. In my show, Inspiring UA Women, I will be interviewing and shining the spotlight on a diverse group of female leaders in the UAE and inspire women in the region with their success stories. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. I hope you enjoy listening to my podcast. And if you do, please subscribe and leave your comments and ratings on iTunes and Spotify. You can also follow the podcast on Facebook at Inspiring UAE Women Podcast or Instagram at IUAEW Podcast. You can also email me on inspiringuawomen at gmail.com to get in touch. My guest today is Lucy Chow. Lucy is focused on the innovation space, both in terms of supporting founders and as an investor. She is the Secretary General of the World Business Angel Investment Forum's Global Women Leaders Committee. She is also an executive of the Investment Committee of the World Business Angel Investment Forum's Angel Investment Fund. She is also a director of the Women's Angel Investor Network and an investor with Next Wave Impact Fund, the Founder Institute and Mindshift Capital, the former two based out of the United States. She has a video series targeted at entrepreneurs titled Down to Business. Lucy is passionate about developing entrepreneurial skills in students and was one of LinkedIn Top Voices 2020 for Mina. She has been a contributing author for Life on the Move, an anthology of stories about expat life and the Possibilities Project, a young person's guide to career success. She is currently authoring a book focused on esports and gaming. You can also find out more about Lucy on her website, lucychow.com. Thank you so much for joining me on my show, Lucy. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. My first question to you is, you have a lot to celebrate with your international career as well as being the founder and investor in so many companies. But are there any specific achievements that you are particularly proud of? Thanks so much for having me, Amira. I think this is a fabulous series that you're putting together. So, you know, sort of along the same lines, uh, interestingly, about two years ago, I was asked to think about putting together a video series where I gave advice to entrepreneurs from an angel's perspective. And honestly, up until that point, I hadn't really thought I had any insights worth sharing. And then certainly during COVID, I was asked to step up and give advice to entrepreneurs and the startup community. So specifically, it means a lot to me when someone says, I heard you speak a few years ago, or it was a turning point in my journey as an entrepreneur or in my life, and I heard some advice from you. So to think that I can make that sort of an impact means everything to me. Along the same lines, I was named one of 15 LinkedIn Top Voices Amina for 2020. That I'm proud of for sure. There's a lot of smart people out there, a lot of great conversations and content. That was a real highlight. The investment space globally is predominantly inhabited by men. Would you say that women generally are not attracted to this type of work? Let's look at some stats. So less than 5% of VC partners are women. And while women control half of the personal wealth in the U.S., for instance, 
and uh, make up, let's talk about the healthcare sector, make up 80% of the healthcare decisions, uh, for example, less than 1% invest in entrepreneurial companies. So I spend a lot of my time advocating that women should and need to become entrepreneurial investors. You know, there's a pragmatic reason why women are not getting into this type of work. They need to be given the opportunities to get on that first rung. And you of all people understand this, right? So to become an analyst, for example, to progress up the VC corporate ladder, we, we need to start tapping women. There's never been a more important time for women and our allies, male allies, you know, to be investing in solutions we know we need in this world. And we can pursue promising returns by doing this. And there's just not enough diversity among VC decision makers. So, you know, VCs invest in only a sliver of the opportunity that exists. And then on top of it, if they're not investing in female founders, they're missing out on a huge return. So it's critical for women to step up and get involved and start investing. It doesn't matter the, the amount. You have to be able to afford to lose uh, whatever you put in. But VCs, angel networks, uh, we all need to do a better job asking women to be investors. I want to focus on your role as executive on the investment committee of the World Business Angel Forum. How did you decide that it was time to get involved in angel investment and what led you to the World Business Angel Forum? Sure. Just some quick back on WBAF. We're an affiliated partner with the G20 Financial Inclusion Committee, and it is an amazing global network. There's representatives from over 180 countries that formed the WBAF. And I was really honored to be asked to be initially a representative for the UAE. Every year we have a coming together. It's almost like a, a United Nations meeting in Turkey. We are all about the promotion of entrepreneurs in our respective countries with the premise and the understanding that entrepreneurs are the bedrock of every economy. And so there's different committees. And I was honored to be made the uh, Secretary General of the Global Women Leaders Committee. And I also sit on the executive of the WBAF Angel Investment Fund. So just to back up a little bit in terms of my investing journey, I was first an investor with the Women's Angel Investor Network that was formed here. And the goal was to build an ecosystem of female investors, which I spoke about earlier, to support women entrepreneurs in the Arab world. Once you know, I started getting a taste of that, I felt it was really important to be a part of a, a global organization like the WBAF, who are able to tap in heads of states, policymakers, economic development zones, just to be able to really shine a spotlight on the need for uh, the importance of funding entrepreneurs. So we talked a bit about this in one of the previous questions, but are you able to share some insights that you might have gained on the demographic of startups? Are founders predominantly male or female? So contrary to what people think, there are a lot of female founders in the region. So I'll just talk about the region. One in three startups are founded by women. 
This is actually even a higher percentage than in Europe or in Silicon Valley. But what's different is that female founders are not getting their share of funding, as we spoke about before. So I often see male founders building advisory networks uh, with people who are willing to open doors for them. So, you know, as an investor, I see it as a responsibility to encourage more high profile underrepresented individuals to become founders in the first place. So too often VC subconsciously, they use bias signals for their decision making. And this reiterates the status quo of white male successful founders. And I'm convinced that that's going to change as more and more women enter the VC space, right? The ones that are holding the check. And also with our consciousness as a society that we need to be more diverse in companies we invest in. So I think that there are a lot of female founders, but as always, we know that they are not getting their share of the funding high. What do you think can be done in the region to drive female interest in investment and entrepreneurship? In my view, female founders will see more capital once we see more exits and returns and we have success stories and we have role models, role models that are holding the purse strings. So more female investors will drive change in my view. We can't wait for this naturally. We also need to enlist men to play a key and large role, given that they're 90% of the VC world and, and 50% of the population. When that happens, diversity and inclusion will no longer be you know, a category we spend time and effort on, but will be commonplace. So in short, one way we need to encourage a different role modeling is to stop mentioning only male founders when we are asked to list successful entrepreneurs, right? We need to cultivate also, secondly, uh, male champions. As most species are started by men, they need to actively reach out to women to become LPs and GPs, for example. Could you name a woman who has inspired you the most and why? I love authors. So I am going to say J.K. Rowling. She used writing as a way to escape reality. She felt that she was a failure because she was jobless. She had a failed marriage. She was a single mom and she was looking after her daughter. And she was on welfare benefits. So she felt that she was as poor as you could get without being homeless. So her right to riches story is, is really incredible. Today, she's the president of a charity called Gingerbread. And they write children's stories. The funds go to households with one parent. And I love one of her quotes. It is our choices that show what we truly are far more than our abilities. So she's my role model. I have a lot of people in my life I'm really fortunate to really admire and uh, support me. And I, I think I support a lot of people also. But this is also one point of learning in, in my career journey. I realized I was not very good or savvy. You've probably heard me say this before. In cultivating mentors or coaches or sponsors, I was not good at that. So as a result, I had to do a lot. I did everything in the corporate world myself. And I now realize that that was a huge mistake. Do you believe that being a woman impacts your leadership style? If so, what are some characteristics unique to being a female leader? Absolutely. I will name three things. First of all, humility. So studies show that humility in CEOs leads to better performance 
increased flexibility, cooperation, collaboration in developing strategies, for instance. So people sometimes confuse displays of confidence as shows of competence, and men do not lack confidence generally in the workplace. But there's a lot to be said if you show up with your hat in your hand. Secondly, persuasiveness. So, according to another study, women tend to be more attuned to situations, which means they're able to accurately take in information on all sides, synthesize it, incorporate it into a larger solution. So, this skill makes them measurably more persuasive than their male counterparts. And lastly,、uh, for lack of a better word, I'm going to call this entrepreneurial. So there was a study in the American Psychological Association that shows that women are more likely to be transformational leaders, and they tend to motivate employees to be more dedicated and creative. That same study says women outscore men in initiative taking. So initiative taking, transformational leader, creativity. So I've put that into the entrepreneurial bucket. My last question to you would be, Lucy. What are three pieces of advice you would offer aspiring young professional women? Number one, I sort of、um, mentioned it earlier when we were talking about people that we admire, and I talked about not being savvy to find myself either a coach, a mentor, or a sponsor. So I would say to women, just find yourself a sponsor. And this is again very different from a coach or a mentor because a sponsor. Is someone that will talk about you within a large organization. For instance, if your sponsor's in the room when they're talking about who should we be promoting next or who should we tap for this next job, if your sponsor's there to speak up and put your name on the table, that's a big deal. And that goes for having a sponsor that talks about you as an entrepreneur or your company. You know, when a funding discussion comes up, for instance. So finding a sponsor. Number two. So I really believe in the value of your network, of your social capital. I really feel it's important to be almost relentless in cultivating your social capital. It's actually been proven that if we start teenagers, even at in high school, cultivating their social capital and them learning to you know start outreach early, that it really holds them in good stead in the future, right? No surprise. And I know that people don't like the word networking, but you really need to. You just need to put yourself out there, and it doesn't have to be in-person events. And then obviously now it's not. Quite often, it can be on platforms like LinkedIn. There's just so many other ways of reaching out to people, making a connection. If you cannot do it in person, and then very lastly, to pay it forward. If you've reached a, a spot in your career where you can, you know, lend a hand and pull someone up, always do that. If it's just even giving your time or sharing out everything you know, you know, carve out time to do that. Lucy, thank you so much for being on my show. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, Mira. I really enjoyed、um, talking to you too, and I'm hoping some of the thoughts、um, help and resonate with your listeners. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Inspiring UA Women podcast. There has been a growth in the number of women investors in the last decade, and I really enjoyed talking to Lucy about how important it is for women to actively choose to invest more. How female founders will have access to better funding when we, as a society, start valuing diversity more. 
considerably more than we currently do. The importance of reaching out to your network or mentors and asking for help when needed, identifying a sponsor to support you, and lastly, women need to work hand-in-hand with their male allies for better diversity inclusion. If you'd like to reach out, feel free to connect with me on Facebook at Inspiring UA Women Podcast, Instagram at IUAW Podcast, or email me on inspiringuawomen at gmail.com. See you next Thursday.